to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ears, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. May that scripture be fulfilled in your life today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I have uh, my message I title, As Your Soul Prospers. As Your Soul Prospers. When Jesus was here in person, even him being God, he prayed. Many times he prayed all night. And I, you know, in my mind I'm wondering, what did he need? He was God. Why was he praying? He was praying for us. A lot of prayers have been made by the Lord Jesus himself here on earth. On our behalf, praying for our good. So that good will come our way. We need to believe that. And let me tell you something. His prayers are being answered. His prayers are answered on my behalf. In John 17, Jesus actually prayed the high priestly prayer. The whole chapter was Jesus talking to his father. He said a lot of, I mean, mind-blowing things. Like the glory that you have given to me, I'm giving it to them. That's wow, that's big. A lot of things he said in prayer to his father. And the Holy Spirit recorded those prayers for us. So we know how much God loves us. He can never forget it as he prayed for us. And even pray to his father that the love that the father has for him should be in me. And I believe that prayer is answered. I can love anybody, even my enemies. I can. Why? I have the father's love inside of me. God cannot lie. And Jesus' prayers cannot be, cannot go unanswered. That prayer is answered. And I'm going to acknowledge that that prayer has been answered in my life. I can love my enemies. I can pray for them from a good heart. But you see, Jesus left and then he gave the Holy Spirit. He said, I will send you another comforter just like me. So the Holy Spirit has taken the place of Jesus. And guess what? He is praying also. The Holy Spirit prays. In Romans chapter 8 verse 26, he says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. We do not know what to pray for as we ought. So the Holy Spirit prays through us with groanings that cannot be answered. And God, who knows what the mind, the mind of the Spirit, knows what the Spirit is praying for us about, because the Spirit prays for us, intercedes for us, according to the will of God for my life. The Holy Spirit is praying. And the Holy Spirit also prays through His servants. And then they are recorded for us to know about this prayer. God, God the Holy Spirit, prayed through Paul. In, in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, Paul prayed, that for, for beginning from verse 14, he says that, the, that the God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, 
In Colossians chapter 1, he also prays that you will be strengthened with all might. And that was the Holy Spirit's prayer for us. That's God praying to the Father for us. And his prayers are being answered. And then so you find the same thing in third John chapter 1 verse 2. The Holy Spirit again praying through the beloved apostle John. And saying, I pray. I pray. Beloved. So you're beloved of God. I pray that you may prosper in how many things? All things. I pray this is the Holy Spirit recorded for us to know that the Holy Spirit is praying for us even this very hour. I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. God is praying, that means it's God's will for you to prosper in all things. I'm going to make you do something. Say to the person that's next to you, did you see uh, God wants me to prosper? Can you say, turn to the other person, hey, I just found that God wants me to prosper in all things. Some of you are saying, well, I don't know about that. Well, uh, you want to fight with God? It's in the book. God wants you to prosper. If he wants you to prosper in all things, that's his will. That's his desire. God, we pray our heart's desires, right? That's God's desire for me. That you prosper in all things. And be in health. Now, turn to the fellow next to you and say, he wants me well. You're not doing it like you really mean it. He wants me well. He wants me healthy. Be in health means he's current, right? He wants, he is saying, you may be sick from time, but I want you to be in health. Be in a state of health. And that's God's desire for you, according to the scriptures. And he cannot lie. He expressed his desire. You know what? How can two walk together unless they are in agreement? If you agree with God, I don't care what sickness is coming your way. They have to obey God. If you agree with God, sickness has no chance. It doesn't matter what the doctors say. They can attack you. But the Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that's risen up against you, whether they mean well or not, everything that has been spoken against your health, condemn it. I'm not saying go argue with your doctors, okay? They're doing well. After you listen to them, when you walk out, you say, I don't take that. That's not for me. That's for them. I don't receive that. God wants you to be in health. He has already guaranteed the prosperity of your soul. Why? You received Jesus. 
So as your soul prospers, God wants you to be in health, not sickly. It's the truth. You know, the Bible says from the days of John the Baptist, Matthew chapter 11 verse 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent ones take it by force. You can't sit there. You have to take it by force. I'm not tolerating this for my family. I'm not tolerating this for my life. God is on my side. And if God be for me, who can be against me? He has to stand on the word of God and refuse it. That's the scriptures. He wants you to be in health. You know, when I read scriptures, I'm looking for principles. It's called the way of the Lord. How God does things. And you can see the pattern all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Once you discover the pattern, the truth, the way of the Lord, you can be held down. That's what Jesus meant. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. God doesn't have to do anything. You got a hold of the truth. Nobody can keep you down anymore. You're free. It didn't matter whether you are a pastor or you just got to church that very first day. You got a hold of the truth. You're free. Otherwise, Jesus lied. I know you don't like to hear that. Because he can't lie, right? It's the truth. Once you get a hold of the truth, you're free. Once your eyes are opened, Jesus said, lest they hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I should heal them. They've closed their ears, their hearts dull, and so they don't understand. But he says, if as soon as they understand it and they can hear with their ears, we just said that prayer, Isaiah 50, verse 4 and 5. You've given me the tongue of the learned, my ear. That's important. Once you hear, you actually can hear with your ears, and you understand, Jesus says, and then they'll turn, and I should heal them. Because once you turn, God is not a respecter of persons. He has to heal you, no matter what's happened before then. Once you understand it, and you make that turn, He heals you. That's why I don't concern myself when they say we're going to have a healing service. Will God heal today? I don't concern myself. He remains the same. He's always the same. Once you position yourself, you shine. Just the moon has no light of its own. It's the position of the moon to the sun reflects the light of the sun. You position yourself, you light up. Amen. That's the thing. He brought them out of Egypt. From the land of bondage. Slavery. The land of bondage. That's what it says. And the Bible tells us in in, um, Romans chapter 6, we are no longer slaves to sin. So slavery, that was like the Jews in Egypt. And they were delivered, how? By the blood. Remember that? And you see the blood. And God brought them out from the land of bondage. And now they were on their way through the wilderness 
to the promised land. Guess what he's doing? He saves you and we are on a wilderness experience with difficulty and before time we will be in glory land. But while you are in the wilderness, trust God for the best. Trust God for the best. After they left Egypt, they went through the Red Sea and then they crossed over. The Bible says for three days, they were walking in the wilderness without water in the wilderness of Shur. And then they came to Mara. And they wanted to, they, they, there was water, but the water was bitter. They couldn't drink the water. And, and they, they started complaining to, to Moses and, about bringing them to the wilderness to destroy their lives. And then Moses, he cried out to God. And guess what it says? This is what it says, uh, uh, Exodus chapter 15. And he cried out to the Lord, as Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24, Jesus hung on what? The tree. Moses found that just one tree. He says, he found a tree, God showed him a tree, when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. If your life has been bitter, if you've been sickly, you need the tree, the cross of the Lord Jesus. Put, take it and embrace it, bring it into your life, and that bitter water is going to be made sweet. No matter what's been going on in your life, if it continues, it's because you are not standing firm with the word of God. Jesus was clear. If you can only believe, all things are possible. He's not asking for anything. Just believe me. And this will work for you. So that's what happened. And then when they had their water to drink, it's, it's amazing. God decided that he was going to make an ordinance. An ordinance and a statute. An ordinance is like Holy Communion that we take. That's an ordinance. He's going to make an ordinance with the people. And he said to them, you can read the scripture, if you will hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, then God says in his word, and do what is right in his sight, and you keep his commandments, keep his statutes, I will put or I will not permit any of these diseases that you see upon the Egyptians. I won't allow them on you. He says, because or for I am the Lord who heals you. So today, God's sitting by you. He's saying, I'm your healer. That's what he's saying. It's a statute. It's an ordinance. A covenant between you and God. And God sits, sitting by you saying, I'll heal you. I'll be your doctor. How many of you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Where he says, I'm your doctor. I'm your healer. I am the Lord who heals you. In other words, if you need healing, I'll heal you. Right there, if you need it, he heal you. He said that to them in the Old Testament. After they left Egypt. 
And in, Ex- in uh, Exodus chapter 23, he says exactly this, about the same thing. He says, so you shall serve the Lord your God. How many you serving God today? Uh, you guys are real quiet. How many you serving God today? Are you really serving Jesus? You really mean it from your heart that you're serving God? You will serve God and God knows you're serving him? If that's the case, this is what God has said. So you shall serve the Lord your God. And guess what? You see the same pattern. He will bless your bread and your waters. I pray above all things that you prosper, prosper in all things and be in health. That's exactly what he's saying here. I will bless your bread and waters. I will take sickness. He goes back to sickness again. I will take sickness away from your midst. That's my prayer for the Ark Fellowship. God takes sickness away from our midst. God, can God do that? Oh yes. God, if all of us are in agreement and we really stand, God will do it. God takes sickness away from our midst. We don't want this thing. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. That's what God said. None of you will suffer miscarriage or be barren in your, uh, in your land. The number of your days I will fulfill. When we started ministry, Angel and Lion, I quickly found out from the scriptures. It seemed like every time a woman was barren and couldn't have a child, when God comes through, it's a male child. Have you found that out? It's there in scripture every time. And usually, when that child grows up, Satan is in trouble. You remember John the Baptist? Right? Remember John the Baptist? You remember Samson's mother? Rebecca? All of them. It's always a boy. So it's like, I found the secret. I remember Christie's here. Christy was having difficulty, having babies. They asked, they, they asked, come and pray for Christy. Christy's Pastor Andy's daughter. Pastor Andy, you're there. And we went and prayed. Pastor Andy was there. We prayed. And I declared, she's going to have a boy. Hey, Tristan, can you stand up over there? Yeah, Tristan, I can see you. <laughs> Tristan. God stays with his word. He is faithful with his word. Do you know the outcome of what God did? After God spoke this, he spoke those words to about 3 million people, we are told. 3 million people. Old Testament. And listen to what the Bible says. In Psalm 105, verse 37, he also brought them out with what? Silver and gold. Bread, bless your bread and your water. He brought it so you see a pattern in the way God does his things. Can I hear an amen? God is consistent. He brought them out with silver and gold. And there was no feeble among all the tribes. His tribes. That's the children of God. There was no feeble person. Three million people healed. Coming from slavery. Having no time to sleep. 
Because they worked them, they overworked them. They were called taskmasters, stressed. But after the blood was applied and God delivered them and they went into the wilderness for 40 years, no sick person in the camp. You see, we've missed something. We have. As soon as we serve, somebody sneezes around us, uh, please get away from me, don't give me your cold. And they claim, I have a cold. Well, it's yours. Keep it. It's yours. That's what he said. Don't spread the wealth. Keep it. You know what I'm saying? The doctor said. Amen. The doctor said. And they said, what do you say? That's what Jesus said. He says, what are the people saying about me? Remember that? But but what do you say? So you say, the doctor said I have this. And he said, really? You say, are you saying the doctor said? You're not believing the doctor? No, no, I believe what the doctor said. That's what he said. He said, what do you say? By his stripes, I am healed. And God's word cannot return to him void. God's word cannot return to him void. Amen. That's his pattern. Three million people. I don't know how many million people we have in uh, Houston. If, if everyone in Houston is healed, like three million people, the doctors are going to have a hard time with their business. Nobody's showing up. The business is bad for us. I mean, they're not coming. God's using doctors, okay? No problem. You know, when I, if I feel sick, I'm throwing everything at it. Prayer, everything. I got to get well. Amen? That's my sign of saying, I don't want that stuff. Get away from me. I'm going to be well. I used to say this, and uh, Pastor Shirley, you can remember. It's been years. I've, I've been sick. I've been feeling sick, and I'm high here in church. I won't say anything about it. There was once I was very sick. My nose, I couldn't talk, and my nose was dripping real bad. And I told the devil, now, uh, I still have to go up and preach. There's no way I can be preaching the way it's running like this in the morning. How is this going to happen? And we were fighting during praise and worship. I wasn't, they were worshiping, I wasn't, I was fighting. Because I said, how are you going to do that all day? You're doing that. And so I told the devil now, uh, I have a message to preach. But if you don't stop this silliness, uh, I'm going to pray for the sick. And that's true. This is true. I may remember Jeannie. Yeah. So she was deaf in one ear, and I've been deaf for a long time. As soon as the service, as soon as the praise and worship people stopped, and it was my turn, and I was still doing that, I said, okay, it's time to pray for the sick. That was the day Jeannie was healed. We were so excited about our healing, I forgot I was sick. I went to preach, and then later I remember, ooh, he's gone. Amen. Why? Because God's faithful to his word. God's faithful to his word. 
He's truly faithful to his word. The people said that. The people of God. Let me share some scripture with you. The Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament is always talking about Jesus bearing and by his stripes we are healed. And this is this fulfillment of that scripture. In Matthew chapter 8 verse 16, it said, When the evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirit with a word. What, what kind of people did they bring to him? Demon-possessed. He cast out the spirit with the word and healed all who were sick. How many did he heal? <laughs> that means if I'm sick on that day and I'm around Jesus, no matter what you got, Amen? It doesn't matter what you came to his presence with. This particular evening, you go home well. You know, I used to be jealous of these people that were around Jesus. Oh God, if you had made me to live while you were here, it would have been really good. Then I would have just gone to your presence and I'd be healed. Well, he's here today. Amen? He's here today. He says it's better for you that I'm not around in person. That's what Jesus himself said. And he wasn't lying to us. If he healed then, he can heal today. He do exactly the same today. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we're not just talking about physical healing. I mean, if you're having mental difficulty, God wants you well. He wants you well. If it's an emotional problem, God wants that thing out of your life. You shouldn't be suffering depression. It's not for you. God wants to kick these things out of your life. And you can be healed today. God can heal you today. If you will accept it. You know, in the New Testament, it's never said, you know, about, you know will God heal you? Or God giving you the Holy Spirit? Or you getting saved? It's, have you received Jesus? I've come of it. It's salvation. Have you received the Holy Spirit? It's you receiving. It's receiving from God. Because God's already done it. Now go back to the scripture. He said he cast out the spirit with his word that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. So he was fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy that particular day as he was praying for everybody. In his mind, this is the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. And if there is a sick person today, that prophecy has to be fulfilled. Even today, because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. Well, two people cannot bear the same sickness, the same, the same one sickness at the same time. Your sickness on him. If it's been taken from you, you no longer have it. Right? That's, that's it. He bore your sickness. God bore your sickness on his body. And that's the Bible says, tell them the gospel, the truth, the gospel, good news, that you don't have to be sick anymore because Jesus took your sickness away. You don't have to be depressed anymore. Jesus took it away. You don't have to kill yourself anymore because Jesus came to give you life. You don't have to struggle in your family life Jesus came. It's called the good news. It's called good news. You know, 
it's, it's an amazing thing that I've seen. I'm beginning to understand as a pastor humans a little bit more. <laughs> oh, yes. It's true. I'm beginning to understand people a little bit more. Did you read the scripture in, Matthew, uh, in John chapter 5? Where there was this man that had been sick for 38 years, sitting in the pool, waiting for the water to be stirred, right? He was waiting for the water to be stirred. And for 38 years, he was there. And Jesus found him. And he says in, in that scripture there, knowing that this man has been in this case for a long time, Jesus asked the question that to me, it didn't make sense at all. He asked the man, do you want to be made well? Can you put the scripture up? He said to him, do you want to be made well? He said, why are you asking him? He's right by the pool. How could he not want to be made well? Sitting by the pool. I found out. You know, I read something by E.W. Kenyon. I read a lot of healing books. Uh, Jesus the Healer. He said something, to, when I was reading that book for the first time, he said something that was like, how, can you, how, how dare you say something like this? How can you say something like this? I didn't, I didn't want to accept it. It was years back. I couldn't accept it. You know what he said? How many want to know what he said? He said, Sick people are sometimes the most selfish people in the world. Sick people are sometimes the most selfish individuals in the world. And I said to myself, how dare you say something like this? He's already sick. How can you make them feel bad reading something like this? It's true. That's why Jesus asked the man, do you want to be made well? You've been sitting here all these years, having excuses, but you won't, you, something, maybe you've given up. You don't want to be made well. You don't. You're sick now, the whole family is taken captive. Everybody's worried for you, except you. They all serve you. You used to be able to comb your hair. Now, the comb is right there. You want them to go take the comb and comb your hair for you. What's going on? You've accepted the situation and you're punishing your family. And you think you're punishing them. You're really punishing yourself. Because what the enemy knows is that you have settled and he's going to kill you. He's going to kill you. He's going to kill you. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. If you don't want Jesus to heal you, he won't heal you. He won't. I was in England praying. I had prayed for, me, uh, for a, child, uh, um, a young man with Down syndrome. And his heart condition was bad. It was very critical. They had invited me basically just praying for the sick. I said, pray for this person. What was my friend, Susan McIntosh? She'll probably be watching now. I'm not sure. But Susan said, this boy, he was supposed to go to the hospital for operation. God healed him. 
instantly. And then I saw this lady in a wheelchair. They assured me all the benefits she gets from the government. Please don't watch this thing, lady. Or cut it off. <laughs> they showed me all the benefits that she was getting from the government. They build her a house. They, they work on the house so she can just drive in and everything. And they pay her and they give her a, a vehicle. And if she doesn't uh, you go past certain mileage, they will change the vehicle. And, and then they pay her a few uh, hundred pounds because she didn't go over that mileage. And, 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 she, and she was doing well and, and in a wheelchair. And so they told me, uh, uh, Susan said, uh, Brother, good luck. Pray for her. I said, absolutely not. I'm not doing it. And I didn't explain why I wasn't going to do that. I just said, no, I'm not praying for her. He's just been wasting my time. So Susan, I think Susan was thinking, how hard-hearted this man of God. And then I left her. And Susan proceeded to try. And she started crying. I don't want to be healed. If God heals me, I lose everything, she says. So Susan called me and said, uh, 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 Brother Goodluck, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I'm going to tell some few stories here. <laughs> when I was a kid, I contracted the malaria. And uh, Angela, I heard this story before. I, 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 I my crusades. Uh, I went into uh, the hospital and I had a roommate, a grown man. I was a boy then, you know, in elementary school. He, to me, it wasn't that old, but he was old. <laughs> and to me, he seemed gravely sick. But he wasn't really sick. We'll be in our room together. He has his bed in a small room. He has his bed over this way, and I have my bed over there. And, and, and I'm sleeping, trying to get rid of this, whatever I had, with the medicine, and he was in his bed. Usually he's quiet. He's resting. Until the family members come in and they knock. And then I hear, oh! I was like, oh my God, what's going on with him? And boy, he was a good actor. I'm telling you. I've been looking at him like, oh my God. What happened to him now? Is he dying? And all that time, the family members sit by. My little eyes like, oh my God. I hope he, didn't, he doesn't die. And... Uh, then they'll start pleading. The greatest part is when they start in hospital here, they give you food, right? Over there, you bring your food to your patient, right? That's the way we did it. And then it was really funny when it came to the time where they want, they want to prepare something for him. He, he shook in and said, do you want this? Mm-mm. Do you want that? Mm-mm. And now I'm watching him only when they mention what he really likes. Then he grows. 
and he accepts it. And I used to look at his Adam's apple. As a boy, as he enjoyed his meal, at first, the first day I think, he's, something is not right. Then after a while, I realized this only happens when family members show up. And as a young man, I wanted out from that room. I didn't want whatever he has contracted to come over to my... I discharged myself by myself. I ran from the hospital. I wouldn't stay with that fellow. Sometimes, that's when that what E.W. Kenyon said. You have to want to be well. You have to. If you settle, Satan is going to take over your life. You have to. And the scriptural pattern is there. You can't say whatever the Lord will. That's what Eli did and his family paid the price for it. Because God was warning him and he says, he's the Lord. Whatever he wants to do, let him do. David didn't do that. David fought back. Hezekiah didn't do that. He fought back. And God gave him 15 more years. Even after God had said, prepare your house. The man didn't want to die. He turned around. He says, God, look, I've done all these things. Why me? No. And God said, prophet, go right back. I mean, Isaiah, go right back, change it. If you want to get well, God will heal you. But if you don't, nobody may know it. He sees it and he leaves you alone. The promise is already there. You have to want it. And after you've received it, fight to keep it. So somebody says, Pastor, pray for me. It felt good. As soon as I got to my car, everything came back. Now I don't know what's happening. I'm going to leave the church. Well, leave. You got no understanding. Pastor can't heal. I can't heal a fly. I don't know how it happens. I don't know how he got this. It's God that's doing it. If you have a problem with him, go fight with him. But hold on to your healing. Because God cannot lie. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know what I know? There was a woman in the scriptures, in Mark chapter 5. She had a strong desire to stay alive. The woman with the issue of blood. For 12 years. She fought with everything she had. She listened when they told her about doctors and she went from one doctor to another doctor. I'm sure one of them disappointed her. And she could have just said, well, I'll just stay home and die. No, she went to another doctor and another doctor and marks it. He had been with so many doctors and she has wasted everything she had. You know what she was doing? I want to stay alive. I'm not giving in to this sickness. Blood flow. I want to stay alive. We've had that happen to a woman from the medical center. She had blood flow. The doctors have told her, I've told her, come to our service. We have healing service. And we prayed for her. Called back the next day. Stopped. Because God is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Weak woman. With blood flow for 12 years. She didn't feel sorry for herself. 
She wasn't asking anybody to do nothing for her. She was searching for healing. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffered violence. The violent ones take it by force. And he said, what does that mean? You have to fight for it. You have to fight for it. You can't just lay down there and let Satan walk all over you, dying with God's promise right beside you. That's not good before God. She fought. You see, she had the problems, and then she finally, God will always come to you. Somebody told her, woman, you've been going, you're wasting your time. We know of this prophet. Amen. And I'm sure she heard the testimonies of what Jesus was doing. She didn't say, I'm going to sit around and wait until he comes to my town. She went looking for him. Weak. And she came behind him with a lot of crowd. Some people would give up. How can I ever reach him? There's too many people. Maybe God wants me to die. No. She fought her way to his, to his, to his garment. Right? She fought away. Weak woman. I mean, if you've been bleeding for 12 years, you're not that strong. If you've been sick, there's that dread. This thing is going to kill me someday. But she refused to accept it. Because she was a daughter of Abraham. And she deserved to be healed. Notice she didn't take permission from Jesus. She pulled it out of him. Amen. She pulled it out of him. We have to do that because of scriptures. A lot, I know I see a lot of Christian people that are sick. And I've seen a lot of healing. Sometimes you see somebody who has been a deacon in the church. And a new person, a new convert. Or somebody just came to get healed. And this person has been a deacon and nothing's happening. You wonder what's going on. They don't want it. I know it's a hard thing to do. They've somehow rationalized that deacon is just going to be this way. No fighting. And yet Jesus has said, from the days of John the Baptist, right? We must fight. You fight for your health. You fight for your family. You fast. You pray. You do whatever it takes to get well. You do whatever it takes. That's just the truth. This is no rebuke. This is truth that I know from scriptures. And I pray that God grant you understanding that God wants to heal you. Have I been sick? Many times. But, you know, I hear Christians think, oh, I'm feeling this bad, I'm going to stay home today. No, I don't do that. I won't do that. I've never, we've been in church now about 16 years. Angela has never stayed at home. You know what you're saying when you're sick? I'm not going, God's not going to get praise from me today. I stay home. Who gets praise? The sickness. I'm not staying home for any sickness. I'm going to church. I'm going to worship my father. <laughs> you stupid cold cannot take praise from God. <laughs> you're, not, you're too small. I'm going to church. I'm going to worship my father. I'm not going to stay home. Angela can tell you I've been here very sick. I preached in Nigeria having a serious, I had a, uh, what do you call it, uh, food poisoning, really bad food poisoning. I was throwing up. 
like crazy. I throw up at the back and then go up to preach. Amen. And it was funny. I preach and pray for the sick. God heals them and they are testifying. They are, they are healed and I'm still feeling sick. But I'm fighting. Amen. And God healed me. You got to fight. You got to fight. You got to fight. I'm going to close with this. Just remind you about those blind men. The blind man. Jesus, son of David. Have mercy on me. You know what he was doing? I belong to God. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you belong to him. You are a covenant child of God. And you can cry out to God for your healing. And God will answer. You may not instantly feel healed, but God has started the work. And whatever he starts, he finishes. He finishes. That man cried out. They said, be quiet, man. You're making a lot of, you're disturbing the peace. The Bible says he cried even louder. And Jesus stopped. And he says, call the man. And the same people that were telling him, be quiet. They say, ha, ha, eh, he's calling for you. Your troubles are over. You got his attention now. Your troubles are over. May your troubles be over today in Jesus' name. No matter what you're dealing with, may your, God put a stop to it today. And I want you to re- take the fear away from you. There is a God. He's a person. All-powerful. And can free you from anything that the enemy has brought into your life. I don't care what it is. He remains the same. And he's going to do it right here this morning. He's going to heal this morning. You know, John the Baptist wanted to know if Jesus was the Christ. You remember that? He sent a message. He says, are you the Christ or should we look for another? You know what Jesus did? He said to those guys, uh, can you all stand around here? Those are gospel according to good luck, okay? Because I don't know if said that. <laughs> Basically, he made them stand and then he healed the people. Then he answered them, he healed the people. Every one of them. And then he turned to them, now go and tell John what you've just seen. The blind see. The lame walk. The deaf get here. The dumb they speak. The dead, they raised. Go and tell John. When John hears it, he will know he's dealing with the Messiah. Guess what? He's still the same today. He's still the same today. He's still the Christ today. If you have questions about whether he is the Christ, can I tell, tell you what he's going to do this morning? He's going to be healing people. Amen? Amen? Just like we saw last Sunday. He's going to be healing people. The blind see. The deaf hear. The dumb speak. He is the same today and forever. And I'm not just talking about physical problems. It could be financial. That's sometimes very painful. It could be in your relationship. But God can heal anything. Amen? God can heal anything. If God can split the Red Sea, that's your little problem that you think is so big. It it, it just presents it. Usually when I'm praying for the sick, 
Some of the sick people want me to know how bad this matter is. They walk up to me and say, Brother, good luck. Uh, This thing started 15 years ago. And I have this, and they will describe this, and they're talking. Guess what? I'm not listening. I'm not listening to them. Do you know what I do? When they throw with their diatribe, whatever they're doing, I tell them, that's easy for God. He's going to, their eyes go like, really? That's easy for God. He's going to heal you right now. And guess what? They get healed. I don't listen about those stories. It doesn't matter how long it's been. When Jesus slaps that sickness, it's gone. He's gone. And he's here this morning. Can I hear an amen? Yes. He is here this morning. And wants to heal him. Wants to heal you. No matter what you've got, you have to fight. Please don't lay down. And I'm not rebuking anybody. I'm telling you, this is out of a heart of love for my heart. For everybody. No matter what's going on in your life, don't give up. You can ask Angela, when I'm sick, I don't, I don't want, I, dra- I drove myself one time to the emergency room, myself. The doc, my doctor, primary doctor said, how did you get to my office? I said, what do you mean? How did you get to my office? You need an ambulance. I said, I don't need an ambulance. I drove right here. He said, you're crazy? He says, go right there. That was when I had that chicken pox, 50%, 50% chance. I drove myself to the emergency ward. As soon as I got there, they got hold of me. The drip and everything came on me. But for me, you can't kill me. With long life, I will satisfy you. Well, right now, I'm not satisfied with long, the, life, the length of the life that I have. Amen? So, no accident. No sickness. Nothing. Till I'm ready to go home. And I would like to go join Paul. I have fought a good fight. I finished the race. Now I'm ready to go. I don't, God doesn't have to apologize to any sickness. To keep his word. Prayer partners, would you please come up here. And Linda, well, Linda I need you here. Up. 